What's going on, good people? Welcome to the new episode of the Poor Rivera podcast. I have, I think, you know, for like long time listeners and viewers, um, depending on how you consume the podcast, I normally open up the show by kind of saying the same thing of saying like, you know, a very good friend or a dear friend, a longtime friend or family. Um, and that's true in all cases, because I haven't really had anyone on the show that's just like a guest. I have a relationship or have known everyone. But this guest, um, Jed Berger, I've known going close to on 20 years, I believe. That's right. right? But let me give you the proper introduction. Jed, Be Jed Berger, CMO of Foot Locker, Inc. Jed, what's up? Thanks for being on the show, man. Man, I feel like there's some nepotism here. Your other <laughs> guests, there's like Mav, there's like Draymond, mm -hmm. there's a couple billionaires, <laughs> and then there's Jed Berger. And there's Jed Berger, Jed Berger. Jed, we're old, man. If we've known each other going on 20 years, we gotta be old, shit. Yo, I would have said that like I knew you when you had hair, but now you have hair again. It's the I'm totally torn. I'm totally I'm totally thrown off by you with hair. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, I wanna I wanna um go through your journey. It's been yeah. a super in interesting journey. At least for, I wanna go for where it starts with our relationship, right? Yeah. I wanna go back to a uh, Dime magazine, which seems like a thousand years ago, really seems like a blur, yeah. but like. At least for me, it's such incredible time. Like, like, how'd you get to dime? How'd the dime thing come about for you? Yeah, so um, I was in college at GW, and I was sort of like doing the the intern and hustle thing, and I was doing a lot of uh, intern work for um, a company called Sports America that at the time owned the McDonald's All American Game, and the uh, the Reebok Capital Classic, which is now the Jordan Brand Classic, and and all these these different things, and and. Uh, and, and the company Hoops TV sort of started coming into, which was owned by And One, it sort of started coming into the uh, the Sports America space. And uh, Hoops TV was um, way ahead of its time. It was it was like buying up the rights to high school basketball tournaments and footage, and uh, and and pay and airing it online. For a fee, the problem was is that everybody was on dial-up and stuff, and 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 couldn't, um, and, and just couldn't watch it. But they had amazing content, and uh, and this was sort of in the dot-com era, with you know, and they had amazing content, and they had this really popular um, piece called the Smack, which was immensely popular. And when when Hoops TV sort of went down and, and lost and and lost the money, I knew those guys, and they and. And they uh, they wanted to take the the content editorial platform that was so popular uh, into a uh, magazine that was digitally led but also in print. That was sort of the idea behind it. Um, something that was for uh, a, a, a person like us at the time, where it was like you know 21, 22, 23 year old people who who loved the culture of the game and wanted something beyond just the on-court performance of it to, right. to dive into. Um, so we decided, so there was, at the time, there was four of us, um, and we decided to create, uh, we decided to create Dime. We were, we were all set to move to Philly, um, and I was literally visiting Philly, looking at apartments, and then I was gonna meet up, I met up with them on all, I met up with the guys in New York, and they were like, we got a gig doing some, some um, work for, content work for ESPN in New York, it's gonna help you know us get a little bit further so so we're renting out office space with a top new york city modeling agency there's no walls and i'm like holy shit i'm 22 years old i'm about to 
move to New York City, work in basketball, and there's going to be models walking around all day long. I have life made. Mama, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it at 22. Um, you know, so we, we, so Dime was born, and we started off as a quarterly basketball magazine, and we, we picked up the editorial piece of the smack and brought it over to Dime, and we, and it, like, honestly, it was one of these things that picked up speed really quickly. The, um, the problem was none of us had any publishing experience whatsoever. It actually took us a long time that we only made money when we actually printed things. Um, so because we were selling ads, um, none of us were even ads people who sold ads. We were all really from an, from a, uh, a content and creative perspective. So we had to learn how to be publishing and business and sales guys and run a, and entrepreneurs and basically admins all at the same time because there was mm -hmm. there was nobody we had you know we were we were a startup mm -hmm. um, and we were scrappy um, and we figured it all out and um, you know and over time dime grew to something that was was really meaningful to the to the hoophead uh, you know one of our bigger name partners was like listen we can't have dime magazine being the agency doing some of the activations we're like right. oh we should start an agency right right and that's before agencies were like a thing like they were, that was they before were every single editorial and content organization like um and now every every dot com every popular blog traditional blog and dot com and sort of media agency has in has a content and creation agency wing to them yeah. we we actually went from publishing company to we actually had an online network of sites because that was the other thing people wanted to people wanted to um people were selling us ads online and they were delivering us they wanted us to deliver more impressions than we had but there was this big hoop community of websites like hoops hype real gm these sites that were run by really passionate hoop heads but they didn't have the the brand partnership connections that we did so before ad networks was a thing we were like let's go get them mm -hmm. there's actually an amazing article about um, hoops hype eventually got bought for a million or two million bucks and 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 it was run by this guy jorge sierra um who i believe when he started was running it out of his like grandparents grandmother's basement or something like that and he had the greatest rumor section and he still does and we uh we we were we got him onto our ad network and started making money and got him more um, notoriety and he eventually sold it and there's a wall street journal article where he's like talking about it he's like some guy named jed called me and that was his turning point. that was the turning point of jorge sierra in his grandparents basement in i think spain publishing hoop, hoops type rumors hey just a bottle of wine to jed Virgo saying thank you would have been nice. <laughs> exactly i would have taken like a, at that point i would have taken a check i would have taken anything the let, thank me you. You, let me ask you this jed you know i want to go back a little bit yeah, yeah. Because a lot a lot of the people that, you know, listen to this show, you know, are young entrepreneurs trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, get on and, and, and you know, follow their passions. I love, I didn't even know this part of it, you know, having joined you guys much, much later after you guys were yeah. established. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Talk a little bit about like, you guys didn't spend three years working on like the business plan and the strategy. You guys kind of dove in and kind of figured it out as you went along. Can you talk a little bit of like what the pros and cons to that strategy were? Yeah, man. I, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a funny because like uh, in my position now, I, I think what makes, I think I have a balance of still being, I really consider myself still an entrepreneur. I work for a very big company. 
right? Um, I think what, what um, has gotten me to this point was the combination of all that, um, I, think the, I think the combination of sort of the get it done hustle experience, plus the need to turn that into some polish and strategy has really helped me. But at the end of the day, um, uh, problem solving and seeking opportunities came from, if, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have survived. You know, it was just, it, there's, a, there's a fine line between being an entrepreneur and being, a survive, being someone who's trying to survive in the real world. Um, so I, I think, you know, not having that polish, and, but having a vision and having a great idea. I always tell everybody, great ideas trump everything. So there was a gap in the basketball community. I mean, you look at how much basketball as a culture has exploded today. We Dime was the game, the player, the life. That was the slogan, the Basketball Lifestyle Magazine. Like it had, it had a place. The agency was, uh, was 94 by 50. It just celebrated the game off court and on. There, we, we understood a gap in the market. We just didn't, un, we, and, and attacked it. We just didn't have a plan that was built out from A to Z. It would have helped, by the way. <laughs> it would have helped. Now, I always say that. I always, you know, you leave a job, you get to a new one, and you get more experience. You get, you get more, you learn more and more, and you're like, oh, if I could do that year over again. Oh, if I could do that job over again. But again, I don't know if I would be where I am today without that, that entrepreneurial and get it done mentality that I built during my time there. Speaking of, speaking of um, not knowing if you'd be where you are today if you didn't have that time, on, on most of my shows, I'll always like ask whoever the guest is, hey, what was like the younger version of you 15 years ago, 10 years ago? I'm going to put myself in the hot seat and I'm yeah. going to ask you, because I don't know if people realize this, Dime was my first job. Yeah. My first real job. And it was like later in life, like I was trying to play ball and do these things, but it was my first job. Yeah. What What was younger professional PR like at Dime Magazine? You know, you having to deal with all my bullshit and everything. What was like? What was a young version of me at Dime? Okay. Be kind. So first of all, <laughs> complete asshole on the court. <laughs> on the court. <laughs> on the court. Just total asshole. <laughs> hey, hey, I remember times we play. I'd give you a pass, Jed. Oh, you'd boy. Miss a layup. You'd yeah. miss a layup or miss a shot, and I'd be like, damn it, Jed, and you'd bark back. You think I'm trying to stink? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my oh. back, Pete. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it. That's a memory. You know, so first of all, first of all, you have always had a skill set that cannot be taught. Always. Your ability to connect to, to a to a wide variety of people has it, it, it um, is unmatched and you had it then. And your um, and, and communication and the gift of gab and will only take you so far. And you and I both know that. Of course. You ha that has to be combined with the with the vision of seeing where Again, it's, it's problem solving an opportunity and you have always had both those things. And the thing that separated you from other people was, I, you know, I hate to use it in a basketball term, but people always say like, effort is a skill. And you and I both know that from being in the world for 20 years, 
Yeah, I mean, you effort is a damn skill. You have to know how to bust your ass. And the other thing you have to have, and even though you didn't have this on the court, you had tremendous humility off of it. You knew what you didn't know. You were you were you you were willing to be humble to people below you, the same level as you and ahead of you. You were willing to do what it took to get shit done. And I swear that's what got I and I'm I I like to think of myself as the same way. I like to think of myself as that having that those same core values that I had then, like humility. I want to say that I still have it. Problem solving. I want to say I still have it. And somebody who's an opportunity seeker. I want to say I still have it. And somebody who's willing to bust their ass. You know, at that point, you and I were going to the bank multiple times a week. We were doing internship because yeah. that's what it took to get shit done. And I know you and I will tell a story yeah. about yeah. that, about that exact same yeah. thing. And and, yeah. and 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 that example, I set that example today, and I think that uh, I think that's what you had and I had and got us to where we are today. And I think the only thing that gets added in over time is life perspective, mm. experience, and um, you know things that that really stressed me out in the workplace and probably stressed you out in the workplace don't because you 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 you've widened your aperture to both work experience and personal experiences and you've able to develop a balance you know you've you know jordan you have a kid you know you know you, yeah. you've seen you have a 15 year old that you yeah, real real life shit yes yeah. sure. and then you come yeah. home you come home and you can't be overwhelmed with with the problem that's going to be there tomorrow anyway because by the way you got mouths to feed people to get to bed values to teach and yeah. you know i mean and 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 that 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 can't be taught. Yep. It's oh, it's super interesting, Jed. It's like I I think back to those dime days, and it's like, you know, the core group we had there. Everyone, it's amazing. All the things you said, right? Everyone worked really hard. Everyone was respectful of each other. Everyone was helpful to each other, right? I don't know how many times I had a shoot or something, and you're helping carry something to the truck, and and you're a partner there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I I think through we did you know, play a lot of video games. Yeah, true. And very there was true. a lot of road shenanigans. <laughs> very true, very true. You know, so why do you think, <clears throat> let me ask this, why do you think such a small, because at any given time, do we have 20 people working there? Right, it was a small shop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. somewhere around there, right? Yeah. 15 to 25 people, something like yeah. that, give or take on any, any time. What has come out of there in terms of where people have gone, right? We have, you're an executive at a very large, very successful company. You know, you know Pat being a, an executive at a really big, successful brand and Justin owning his own business and everyone. Uh, Alex, not, Ken, Alex, yeah, Ken. Yeah, Alex uh, Aaron, you know, yeah. I mean. These guys, these are people, these are people, an executive at Spotify. So I, I mean, the CEO, of, the now CEO of Slam, who was very well trained in his job beforehand, yep. by the way. Yep, um, for sure, for sure. Uh, for sure. But, but like Pat at Newbop, you know, yeah. that's not a coincidence. That's not no. a co what do you think? What do you think it was about Dime and that environment we were in that helped all of us propel us to whatever was to come for our careers? Well, yeah, first of all, I think it starts with we had the right idea. We had the right, we had a great idea. We were well-respected and in the marketplace for having a, a great idea. It took grit, hustle, and humility to get that, to get all that done. Those values will take you to great places. Great idea 
plus the right values to get to accomplish those great ideas will take you to amazing places. I vow, I, 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 great, great values trumps great talent every time. Mm. You can, you know, you, you can, if, if, if you have low talent, I'm sorry, if you have high talent, but you're a low value employee, it makes that person very hard to get rid of, but also makes that person very hard to work with amongst the rest of the peers. Great, great values and good talent is somebody everybody wants to work is somebody everybody wants to work with and increases the level of talent of everybody around them. And I think that we had the we had really good talent, but we had even better values from the people. And that's why we were successful. And that's why all of them have been individually unbelievably successful. Yeah, it's funny, including, Matt, including yourself. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, I'm like, man, we weren't a company that had, you know, 2000 employees, right? We were a company that had 20 on a good, you know, year to see where everyone's gone and the impact. By the way, people listening to this show or watching this show, they, they've probably been influenced, work with, have consumed some content, have enjoyed a product, have seen a piece of advertising, have listened, like from someone that came from Don. Like, it's really yeah. bizarre when you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny, Mav always says that success affords you one opportunity to do it on a bigger platform, right? Yeah. And I feel like that, that's how we all, um, that was our evolution at Dime, where it was like with success came other opportunities and we all had tough decisions to make. I don't know if you even remember this. I remember Nike, you know, speaking of the humility and stuff like that, I had forged a relationship with, with people at Nike that to this day I have. Um, and I remember them calling me and telling me, hey, there's a, there's a very entry level position available at Nike. You'd have to interview for it, but we think you'd be great at it. And they're like, we'll send you the JD. I had no idea what a JD was. I'm like, who's, who's JD, you know? And, and I'm, I'm super excited and they send the job description and I'm like so deflated. And I'm so deflated because it might as well have been a foreign language. I didn't understand what the job, what they were asking of the job. And I told you and I told Justin, our friend Justin Leonard, shout out to Justin, I said, um, I'm not even gonna interview. I, and you guys are like, what are you crazy? Like, why not? And I'm like, I can't do any of this shit. Mm. And you guys look at it, you're like, dude, not only can you do that, you've been doing that. You'll crush it, yeah. Yeah, you've been doing that. You just don't know that what out of home means. You've been doing <laughs> that. You've been doing these things. You've been doing seating. You've been doing, you know, so I almost feel like that was like a, really like school for us on different levels of learning our craft and learning how to, you know, interact with people and brands and stuff like that. You know, you had a bunch of opportunities, obviously that you turned down. And then one that you decided to take, you know, finally was, um, you did models from, from Dime, right? Yeah. Um, what did you do at models? What was your role there? So I was probably 27, 28, 27 about, and you know, we were, we had been doing work. I mean, actually, you know, one of the best projects that you and I worked on um, together <laughs> was, 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 Ever, was Everlast. Yes. I mean, we, so, um, so uh, you know, president and CEO of Everlast, what, who, when he was there, what, it, what, it is still a great friend of, of both PR and mine. Shout out Seth. Um, he, uh, he really needed help turning boxing into a lifestyle. And, he, and, and that's what we did. We turned their catalog into what they called at the time a magalog, but we 
Um, we, we created absolutely incredible content with some of the greatest boxers that have ever lived. And Pierre and I, I mean, Pierre and I have spent real time with some of, I mean, some amazing boxers, I mean, yeah. with some unbelievable fights. But um, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you and I spent, you and I sat next to Kelly Pat. Oh, no, it was Jermaine Taylor's family yeah, when he family. out by yeah. Kelly Pavlik to yeah. lose the belt. You spent yeah. time with Jermaine Taylor in yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas, yes. Like, Arkansas, yes. Uh, you know, I spent two days with Mickey Ward in in, wow. in Boston. Yeah. And that's right. Um, and so anyway, you know, that that um Seth um went on to become president of Models and uh and called me and was like, listen, I am putting together an entirely new leadership team. Like the, you know, this company's down seven seven years in negative traffic. It needs a total a total everything redo, I need you. And he's like, I'm gonna make you the senior vice president of marketing, you know, Modell's privately owned company, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, the oldest sporting goods company in the world. And he's like, I'm gonna make you senior vice president of the, of, of, of the company and, and of marketing of the company and, um, and, and, I, and I need you. I'm like, dude, to your point, I've never worked in retail. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm working for, not exactly a $700 million company right now. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, I, 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 it wasn't something I, I believed I should turn down. And, um, and I, and I, and I thought that I had the right mix of, again, humility, knowing what I didn't know and be willing to ask those questions and knowing the difference between a great idea and a not great idea and having a business acumen that I had been built from, from driving, from starting up a business over six, seven years. So I spent two years um, at, at Models and we did amazing things in those two years. I'm really proud of all the things that we did during that time. And again, I was 27 years old to become SVP of, a, of marketing of a company that of that size was unheard of. Yeah. And then you leave Models to go to Foot Locker. Yes. Yeah, right? so um, I was there for literally two years to the day. Wow. Um, and, and I got, I actually was, I actually was, uh, I had two really good offers. I was looking, I, I was looking for next. It was time. Even after two years, I knew it was time. Sometimes, you know, and I, and you know, um, and I had, um, uh, I had a job as senior director of marketing at Under Armour in Baltimore, or I had the job offer of um, vice president of marketing for Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker. Honestly, I thought I, it, we didn't, as a family, we didn't want to move from New York, which was a big thing. Um, and uh, that was really the, the, there was other things obviously, and, but, there, but the Foot Locker job made more sense. Um, and, um, and again, I went from a, a privately held family owned company that was not a billion dollars to a publicly traded, very significant sized portfolio company um, which I, for me was just, I, I thought another point of good education in my trajectory. And again, I'm 30 years old at this point. What, what allowed you to make, cause those are significant jumps, Jed, right? From like yeah. a business that's not making hundreds of million dollars yeah. to models that's, you know, making a lot of money, hundreds of millions to a multi-billion dollar company. You know, what allowed you, what do you think? allowed you to make that jump and really be successful, you know, from day one and like making that like, uh, like adopting to those new roles? Um, 
You know, first of all, in, in our jobs, it does take, I, I talk about humility, but it also talks a little, it, 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 it does take some confidence in yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and again, that, that also, I think came with, I, I think, I think that, I think that confidence, and I remember, I remember the moment at Models where we were, we were, we were flying, and I remember the moment it started to go downhill, and people started pointing every single finger at everybody, including myself. And I remember like not having the life perspective to. I had never felt that before. I was always, I'd never been, I'd never been under the, the and and I and reacting to that was a really good experience for me because, in, in what we do, you're going to, you're gonna miss. And you got to be on the offense um, and relying on and very quickly learning on who I could rely on amongst my team to help me and, and other people in the organization to help me get there. So I, I, I think I, 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 you know, I, it's maybe cliche to say, but, but failing a little bit, yeah. learning how to, and learning how to keep my confidence and keep being on the offense and knowing that I'm going to fail again and people are going to blame you and the, Cool. Blame me. That's the way it works. I'll take that blame. I'll be the one to say I'm sorry. But you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing ideas. You got to push, keep pushing everybody forward. I remember, you know, having a conversation with you and just asking you <clears throat> a couple months into your role at Foot Locker, um, your first role. And I was like, hey, man, like, how are you liking it? Like, yeah, you know, because of all the differences and all these things and, you know, where we've come from and all that. And your answer to me, I don't know if you remember, you're like, I'm having the most fun of my life, right? Um, what was it at Foot Locker when you first got there, at least, that was like very fun? I mean, you're doing the ads and everything just felt like very fresh. And, yeah. you know, Foot Locker, there was like a humor to the spots, but like, you yeah. know, authentic connectivity. What was it, you know, that made you feel, you know, almost like alive again and having fun, enjoying going to work? Well, first of all, I had said this about Foot Locker, and, and even though we've had change over time, it, Footlocker itself is a high value organization. Like there is just really good humans as the leaders of the company. There was then, there is now, and that has a trickle down effect. And like, it's just filled with really good people with really good intention. Um, so that, that I felt like I was at a place with, with shared values. And I, and that was really, that makes you want to work hard and makes you want to bring in the right people and um and i was given a lot of autonomy honestly mm -hmm. i was given a lot of confidence like I, I i remember saying back then like first few years like nobody nobody said don't do that jed like and, and and what i and and you know the the interesting thing is that that i, I actually made a lot more de actual decisions in that role than i do in this role like actual yeah. decisions i actually influence a lot of big decisions today mm -hmm. um but i don't I, not, i'm not necessarily the one actually making the day-to-day -day call on things because i have great people around me below and, and that's just the way that's just sort of the way it works when you get to my level like yeah. you're influ you're never in fact most many times now i don't get something all the way that i would want it it's usually right. it's a success if i get it 70 to 80 percent the way i would have wanted it and and that's okay then I make, there's so many decisions to make that you're just making, you're making the call because you, yeah. because the people who work for you rely on it. And, um, and so I, I, I really did it just like I enjoy this now in different ways. I really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I, I just also the, the subject, the, you, 
you know, the, 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 you know, sell, you know, sneakers, sports, basketball, culture, personality, storytelling, um, and, and, and tying that into the business, which I think I've gotten better at over time, um, is something that, 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 uh, I love. It's a great, it's a great subject. It's fun to think about, you know? And I know that's your life too. It's like literally like if someone saw our text exchange, it's, it's those oh, things you mentioned. It's sneakers, it's basketball, it's culture. It's, you know, yeah. that's what our lives. We've you just been, added family in. Exactly. You've built our lives around, right? So, um, you know, uh, it always seems to feel like whenever we feel we have life figured out, you know, there's a higher power that's like, oh, you thought you had it figured out? Cool. There's this thing called COVID. Let me know how you deal with that, yeah. right? Like, how have you guys as a company, I'm not talking numbers because everyone's trying to figure it out and do better and all those things. Just, you know, you know, how have you guys rallied as a company to get through COVID as best you can? Well, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of the company again. <laughs> again, Nick Johnson, who's the, who's the CEO, is just a phenomenal human and, and, you know, and he's just a caring, he's so, he's such a caring person. Uh, I mean, we have, uh, it's a very, very, the Locker Inc. is a very, very, very well run business. It has not been easy at all. You know, I mean, none of this is, none of this has been easy. The last six months have been incredibly hard. I mean, past COVID, we have, we have a, we have an unbelievably diverse um, associate base and diverse customers we serve. And it's been, it's been really intense. It has been really intense. And, um, but the company has, it, you know, it's been honest and it's been, the intentions have been right and um, the values are right. And, and I, I think that they, they, I think that the decisions that we've made uh, are proof of that. Love it. Let me ask you. So, like I said, you and I have known each other going yep. on 20 years or whatever it is at this point. Um, you stop counting at a certain point. So you stop, <laughs> put, you stop putting candles on the birthday cake at a certain point, right? Uh, um, you called me, or I think we were talking about basketball, probably a football or something. And you hit me like with an FYI, like, or like a, by the way, I think I just got promoted. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You're like, oh, I'm a CMO. And I'm like, I thought you already were the CMO. Like, so explain to me a little bit. We were talking about this before we started the show. Your CMO of Foot Inc. How yeah. has your role changed and what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so I was in North. We, um, so we didn't have, when I, when I was a head of marketing for Foot and Kids, we didn't have a, a CMO. So I should start. So Foot Locker Inc. owns Foot Locker Kids, Foot Locker, Lady Foot Locker, Champs, Foot Action, East Bay, uh, a division in Europe called Runners Point, another division in Europe um, um, called Sidestep, and then we also have a um, uh, uh, incubator platform that we launched called Greenhouse. Um, so people don't, you know, we, people are. We've done some things intentional to make sure people know that we are that that entire ecosystem. Um, so before I was just leading the 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 brands, Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker. Then I was the North American CMO overseeing all of the North American portfolio. And now, uh, and I was the first CMO we had and we didn't have a global. And now I um, just got promoted recently to global um, CMO. Um, and, you know, the, the, I'm actually surprised about how much the job has changed, to be honest with you. Um, and other, you know, other things in our organization have changed. I think we're really focused right now. Um, you know, you and I have talked about how much marketing has changed. I actually have 
uh, I have a bunch of very really interesting things that that report into me that aren't just marketing. I have um, I have a, a, a product creation unit um, that I have two product creation units that report into me: one on a commercial scale and one on an energy scale. And now an actual product development team reports up through me too. Oh, wow. um, so you know, for me, I'm continuing to be challenged with new pieces of the business that I that that. Uh, that change and and continue to to move me along in both my career and keep me fresh to be honest with you you know i, I talked to you beforehand i'm like whatever we talk about today is probably better than anything i talked about before this you know because <laughs> it was a hard it was a hard day it was a hard day um but to you know it, it, there, there are problems that I'm excited about tackling and people I'm excited about working with and new challenges that I'm, that I'm still learning every single day. It's incredible. Um, so, you know, I cannot believe I've been at foot nine, been at foot nine years, which is insane to me. It's been that long. Yeah. We're nine old. years. We're old, dude. <clears throat> Jesus. Speaking of, uh, evolution, you know, you just mentioned, you know, greenhouse, uh, I know how important, you know, this idea has been to you all along and how much work you've gotten into. Can you explain a little bit, talk a little bit about like what greenhouse is and maybe equally or more importantly, why you felt the need and the time for it was right now? Yeah. So we started talking about greenhouse a couple of years ago and, um, and you know, one of the foot ink is, a, is it, foot ink is a big company and it's perceived as a big company. And while the world gets a little bit closer to culture, um, sometimes with a lot of those creators and, and smaller companies, we're, we're sort of, we, we have the potential to look a little bit scary. And, um, you know, ma some people perceive mass sometimes as, as a problem um, to their own personal brand. And, and, um, but at the same time, we need to evolve. And, uh, and so much of our business is done with a core group of amazing brands that there's a Nike, Adidas, the Pumas, the Converse, the Vans, et cetera. And so many, and so many people at our company are working with those and they drive such a huge amount of our revenue that it's really hard for people to take their focus and work with these smaller entities. And so, so part of the reason that they're scared is because they, they really haven't gotten the attention to be brought along in the ecosystem. But it's really important for us to bring those people to, to, to bring those companies in and to learn from them and to, uh, and, and to introduce them to our consumers, our consumer, our customers want them. So um, we, we started a, so we, we, we started a, a, a company called Greenhouse that, um, that I originally said I didn't even want breathing our own air and I, they breathe our air now, but we brought <laughs> a, whole entirely, a whole entirely new team to sort of start changing the narrative and the conversation with the community that's much closer to culture. And to not just work with our own brand partners at times and do some uh, and do some awesome, meaningful, purposeful things that could or could not develop into bigger ideas along um, in the future. Um, um, but also not just work in that collaboration space with our current vendors, but also cultivate relationships with people that could become actual standalone brands within our ecosystem over time. But without the pressure of them having to be million dollar, $10 million, $20 million, $100 million brands in the first year, it can bring them along on th at their pace and their speed and help them overcome some of the either fears that they had about us or some of the logistical 
things that are just really hard to tackle as a young startup brand. So it, it, for me, it allowed me to get back to my entrepreneurial roots a little bit. I brought in an unbelievable leader named Mel Peralta, um, who's just, who reminds me of you. Mel's a good dude. No, but good he, dude. you know, honestly, PR, he reminds me of you. He's an, he is one of, he is an incredible communicator and he's, and he's somebody that every, he's an, he's somebody that everybody wants to spend time with and work with. He's an incredible relationship person. And I say, and, and that makes it sound like it's inauthentic, but it's not. He's just authentically a great person. I describe you the same way. You're just authentic. You authentically connect to people. And Mel is the same way. And I think he is the perfect person to bridge the gap to really small companies. Whether it's date, like tomorrow, we have a launch with um, a, a small company out of a small, really trendy company out of LA, Carrots, which is amazing, and Crocs, which is a company that we didn't do any business with. And now we are as Footlocker. So you can really see how it's brought along. Today we had, um, today we had a, a launch of um, today we had a launch of a, a, a shoe with Converse that was with the part with with a collaborator named Anderson Blue that was part of a, 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 um, a part of a collection called Collaborate that we that, uh, that is with um, proceeds going back to Souls for Souls where we're putting sneakers on that we know how many students we know how many kids are in need right now and we're putting brand new sneakers on as many kids as humanly possible. That's dope. So I mean like and and Mel's brought that entrepreneurial spirit to the company which we needed and he's and he's and we've had greenhouse only around for a year but we're already we're starting to bring these new companies new creators into the ecosystem without them being afraid that we're going to take them out of business or we're going to ruin their reputation it's right. really been an amazing thing to watch let me ask this like you know we talked about like my career early on and and, and you talk about males and people like that I've always been mindful of, as I, as my you know career profile has grown of like how many of us slip through the cracks. Yeah. Right. And what normally happens is a <clears throat> a 21 year old PR would go and apply at a Foot Locker, let's say, and I may not get the role for a number of reasons. Who knows? I'm not what they were looking for, or whatever. But there's not normally what happens is, and I, I can't speak for your process because I don't know I'm saying any company, let's just let's yeah. say that. Normally what happens is you get a, a very polite letter saying, hey, if you're lucky, like, hey, you know, thank you for your interest. Yeah. You know, didn't work out. And I think we've all had those letters, you, me, Justin, we've actually exchanged them sometimes, right? Earlier in our career. Um, but there's never really the feedback of like, hey, this is why you're not getting this role. Or there's never really the feedback of if you could do this, you'd be, you know, very appealing to us for this role, right? Um, I remember Sean Brown, who I believe you know, yeah. remember Sean Brown came to me when I was at Nike years ago, and he was like, I want to work for you. And I mean this respectfully, and me and Sean talk about this all the time. I want to work for you so bad, I'll even sweep floors. I'll do whatever you need, which I respected, right? I respected the hunger. <clears throat> and I told him, like, Sean, you just, I have way more qualified candidates, you know? And what I will always give Sean Brown credit for was he said, well, can you tell me what I can do to be in a better position the next time there's an opportunity? Yep. Sean was a young kid then. And I totally, I was blown away like by like even that because most people would be like, ah, oh, you don't get it. You're a hater, you know, whatever. And I told him, I said, go get some retail experience. Go get some retail experience, learn the brand, do all these things. He calls me two weeks later, sends me an email. Hey, I interviewed, I, uh, I applied at Nike Town. Hey, I interviewed. Hey, I got the job. Tomorrow's my first day. Thank you. And then he was off. And I didn't do anything for him. Anything he's earned, he's done on his own. 
what I'm getting at in a long-winded way is, what do you as a CMO who's seen a lot, done a lot, empowered a lot of people, what advice can you give to that person that like the 21-year-old Jed, the 19-year-old Jed that, that knows what they love. They, lo they love culture, they love sneakers, they love the shit we love, the things we've helped create, but don't know how to get into the game. Like what advice would you give to that person that's listening? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, um, Sean's done okay for himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's figured it out. <laughs> um, and and I and I and you know he's another guy that you know I, I can see that him saying that he should, he he has these values also another amazing communicator um, relationship guy um, you know first of all what Sean did also was he he you need you need sponsorship and you need advocacy as you build your career you need sponsorship and you need advocacy mentorship is different you need sponsorship and you need advocacy. And, um, and, and, and something that I, and I, and I'm, and I'm like you, I give feedback and, uh, and I'm very transparent and I, um, and I, I love part of what I, I love nurturing careers. I love bringing people along. And, um, and I tell people all the time that most of the time companies, they, they're not going to make a move because of you. <clears throat> they expect you to be ready when they have the opportunity, your job, is to be ready, and um, and I really and I really believe in that. And so, so much of it is attitude, and um, and, and and again, humility. And of course, the relationship piece is important, and you need to find ways to cultivate that. And whether that's through LinkedIn, uh, finding an informal, getting an informal interview, etc. Like whatever it is, get get in the door. But um, but also have the right attitude, do whatever it takes. I tell people, if you have to leave it, live at home for a year or two, if you have to bartend, don't take a job your first year or two or three because it's going to pay. Don't take a job you don't want because it's going to pay you. I understand if you have to do that, you got to do it. But, but I would much prefer live at home, do whatever you have to do to make ends meet and intern or work part-time and i we have people in our companies who, who are great examples of this get in the door get in the door it might not be the position you want to nike town's an amazing example retail was a great you know get in the have the humility to get in the door do what it takes don't be big don't think you're bigger than that mm -hmm. you know even if you are don't think it just yeah. you know and um so, by the way, I have to tell you the story because you're going to laugh hysterically. Because <laughs> so last night, I, I'm, I won't I won't tell the person's name. At ten twenty two, I get a phone call last night, and then I didn't I, I didn't know the number. Not going to answer it. I get a text. Hey Jed, I'm sorry if I caught you at a bad time. My name's blank. I'm twenty two. I just graduated from college. I'm working on a great idea and I think you might be interested in it. Would you be cool if I, if I shared a deck with you and got your feedback? 10, seven, there's actually 10, 17. I take it back, 10, 17 last night. Text me. I, I turned to my 16 year old, I'm a Celtics fan. I turned to my 16 year old son. I'm like, oh, look at this. This is, and I'm like, first of all, I'm not, I wrote, I wrote, hey, name. I'm not going to even ask how you got my number with a laugh out loud emoji, but you did. So I'll shoot. I'll shoot. I'll shoot it over. And 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 by the way, 
Rocket Reach and the White Pages are gold mines. I just wrote, hey, way to, be, uh, way to be resourceful. Looking forward to checking out the idea. Figuring it out. Oh, Figuring Sarah. It out. Figuring it out. Listen, I, I um, you know, what I've realized is, you know, and I think, you know, people that are listening to this, you're listening to two people, there weren't any, you know, you didn't have this career plan of like, I want to be a CMO in 10 years, right? And if I'm going to do that, that means I got to do this by this time. Or I wasn't like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur or a partner. It was like, I want to work in the things I'm passionate about. I want to yeah. work in the things I love. And I want to work <clears throat> in things that I, I, I could potentially be good at, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, and you just referenced this, a lot of times that doesn't match up, that passion doesn't match up with money, <laughs> like yeah. with the most money, right? Yeah. Um, but we're living in such an exciting time that if you can do whatever it is you do, if you could do it really well, you can make a living. I don't care if that's a dancer, a DJ, a photographer, a you can make a living if you're good enough at it, right? Um, and it's that investment in yourself. And I think a lot of times people are like, no, I gotta get this job because I gotta pay this rent, I gotta do this. And I understand that that's a real life, you know, real life shit, real life decisions we have to make. But I can't overstate or double down enough on what you just said about like putting in the time committing yourself to whatever it is you want to do, man, yeah. early on. I've had, um, I've had three opportunities uh, where I didn't, didn't interview, but I had three opportunities through relationships, et cetera, where um, we're, we're in the past year and a half, two years, to be CMO, to be CMOs of, of significant companies. Before I was a global CMO here that paid more um, um, transparently. If we're, if we're being transparent, I believe I called you about one of them. Like, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, you know, um, and, um, and, you know, I, I, you know I, I'll give you an example. One was in the cannabis space. Really trendy space right now. Um, doesn't feel right to me. Doesn't feel like my brand. I know a little bit about that marketing and 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 that industry a little a, a little bit. And people who have struggled in it for different reasons because of a lot of actual um, there's a lot of legal things that that prohibit people from doing from being as creative or even driving initiatives the way they want to. But but it just didn't feel it felt off brand for me personally speaking. You know, um, uh, you know there's and there's been others and 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 you know so you. You gotta, you gotta make sure you're gonna be happy where you're gonna go, and you know it's, you know the grass is always greener is, um, is is a tough place to think to be to be there, and and, and uh, I always tell people, run to, don't run away. Mm -hmm. um, run to, do not run away. And you know, uh, you know what? I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you this, Jed. When when I left Nike, when I made the decision to leave Nike to go to Beats by Dre, I remember which, talking to you in Vegas about that. Yeah, I remember. And, and Trevor Edwards, who was the CMO at the time, I, I was, again, because I think one thing you and I have in common, one of the many things we have in common is, and we value this now as leaders and executives, is I always believe it's super important to leave the right way. Because you never know who's going to be where. You know how many times I've called you and been like, Jed, do you know this person? I see their name on the resume. Or, you know, Jed, do you have anyone that's been great, but you had to let go for some reason? So it's a smaller world than people realize. Yeah. Right? So it's always important to leave the right way. When I had went to, I, I just wanted to give Trevor Edwards just the respect and the courtesy to tell him, hey, I've decided to take on another role somewhere. I want to thank you for the opportunity. That was it. I wasn't looking for a counter for anything. I remember what he said, by the way. 
He said what you said. He said, I'm gonna ask you one question. Are you running to or are you running from? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Hmm. And he's like, are you running to a potentially great opportunity? That's all it can be at this point. We don't know for sure. Do you think it could be a potentially great opportunity? Or are you running from a situation you're trying to get away from? And he was like, because what I, he goes where I messed up, which is where I super respect about him, where I messed up, this is Trevor speaking, is the conversation you and I should be having right now isn't that you're leaving, it's how do I prepare you for my seat in 10 years? So I always go to that, like, you know, and it resonated with me when you said that, it's like, you know, making sure you leave the right way, making sure you're taking the right opportunities. You know, to your point, I had a friend that's a, a friend of both of ours, I won't say his name, who called me and, and said exactly that. He said, hey, listen, there's a real opportunity. I have some intel that, you know, this state is gonna legalize cannabis. We can do this. And my response to him was like, man, that sounds great. I hope and I'm sure you'll be successful if you do it. I just can't do it. It's just not right for me. It's just not right for, for my brand, but I wish you all the luck. And I think it's almost, I call it catching butterflies. You can't do everything great. Yeah. You know, you can't do everything great. You got to do your thing, you know, you got to do your thing great. So I don't know if I would do this. I don't know if I would do this. I don't know if I, if I would do this as well as I think I do my job today. There's that confidence. Uh, if I think I do my, my job today or if I was in, if I was working for Bed Bath & Beyond or what, or uh, a, a consumer product company that I didn't love the product. I, I can't, I, I mean, there's, there's a piece of what we do and strip that I, that I think tr transfers over to a lot of, yeah. to, to a company that I think I'd be good, you know, because of experience. And, but I, I, but, but again, I, 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 what differentiates you and me from a lot of other people is that we are, I think that we're, we're, we're functionally good at our job and we love and understand the culture, the, the people involved, we can, we can talk shop like the, with the best of them. I, you know, I can't really do that with, with cannabis or betting, you know, <laughs> right, right. No disrespect to those fields, just totally. for you, for your thing, for your journey, for yeah. sure. So Jeb, before I get you out of here, um, you know, what are you excited about? You know, what you can share with us? What are you excited about for Foot Locker Inc? You know, what are you excited about for you in that role? Maybe just specific to your team and some of the things you're working on, like what has you really excited for, um, you know, in, in a time and during a time where there's not a ton to be excited about. Is there anything you're looking forward to or excited about that you and your team are working on that you can share? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of the work that the product development team has done over the last year and a half. And as you know, in footwear, it takes a really long time for projects to come out. And, um, and we are, we are, we have over the next 12 to 18 months, uh, I feel like every we there's, and not everything is going to hit by the way, not everything's going to hit, not everything's going to hit. It's okay. But I feel like we, um, I feel like we have some terrific initiatives and that, that, that we have coming out. And, um, and, uh, I feel like, I feel like we've just changed the, I feel like we've changed a lot of the trajectory of the company and the relationship that we have with our partners and um, and um, and I, you know and we've we're, we've we've evolved as a company in in the right way and and so I'm really excited about that. I'm also really excited personally speaking. I'm much more connected to the business 
than I ever have been. And, um, and, uh, and I think that that's crucially important. And, you know, I, and I, you know, I still have aspirations. I, I'm not done. I, I, you know, I still have an entrepreneurial spirit and whether, and, and I, and I want to lead at the highest of levels, whatever that means. And so they're, they're, the closer I am to the business, the closer I am to the PNL, the more that I'm going to learn. Um, and I'm excited. And the more I'm going to be ready when the opportunity, again, the same, the same advice goes to me. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to create an opportunity for Jed Berger, but they're going to expect me to be, to be ready for it if they have that opportunity. Um, so my job is to get ready and I want to be, and I really want, and I really, and the closer I am to the business and the closer I am to, to the PNL, the more I'm going to be ready for what's next and for me. And I'm excited about that. I'm honestly excited, challenged by it. I love it, Jed. As you say, you know, being ready for the opportunity when it presents itself, I don't know if and when it'll present itself, but next time I'm able to be on a basketball court with you, I'm ready to be a much nicer person. I'm mature. (laughs) I've been waiting so long to get on your podcast and say that. (laughs) That's not where I thought you were going with it, by the way. I didn't think you were going to be. I, I, it was kind of therapeutic. I feel better. <laughs> Today was a rough day. I feel good. I feel good now. Hey, listen, man, Jed, I, I know you're super busy, man, and a lot going on, you know, work-wise, family-wise, all that stuff. So I appreciate you making the time. Um, I'm sure I'll text you 27 times for, you know, a night during the playoffs. What an incredible playoffs we're having. Oh, I want to thank you. Um, and um, I can't wait for you to see the show. I think you'll be happy with it. And I think people that are listening and viewing, you know, thank a lot you, of man. nuggets, a lot of nuggets, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. I, I, I love that. I love shooting shit. So thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Good seeing you.